podcast family. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. This week, we are going to be talking about my favorite F word. F word? Kanji, we can't do the F word. It's a family show. I know that, Tara. I got you. My favorite F word clearly is different than yours. Oh, that must be it. My favorite F word podcast family is forgiveness. That's not not the one I was thinking of. That is a better one, though. Yes, there's a better one for this context and this conversation. We wanted to take a moment this week to have a conversation about forgiveness, how we foster forgiveness, and also, as important as how we do it, why we do it. But before we do, we have got to go back this week and talk about this amazing thing that happened in our community podcast family. It's been a big week for us. How incredible was that? So Terrace, tell us something good. What happened this week to us, unbeknownst to us? I know, actually? we're just going about our day, living our lives out in the world. And you didn't notice this because you don't look at numbers. You don't believe in looking at the numbers. But our producer and I, Joe, he had, we've noticed that the download numbers went up. And then we checked us out and we moved up. We're number... 42 top 50 for the kids and family podcasts on Apple podcasts. It was huge. But then we noticed that we were featured on the Apple podcast homepage. Yes, it was so interesting. So I was at work and my colleague, Brittany, shout out to you, Brittany Morton, slacked me. She sent me a message on Slack and said, hey, do you happen to host a podcast called Motherhood in Black and White? And I'm thinking to myself, how many kanjis are there in the world? <laughs> True. <laughs> and I said, yes. And I was taken aback because Brittany's not a mom. Right. And asked kind of how she found out. And she said, oh, I found you on Apple Podcast. And we realized that we were being featured. So thank you, Brittany, for letting us know that. Thank you, Apple, for featuring us. It is such a humbling experience. And for all of our new listeners, thank you for taking the time to join us on this motherhood journey and for being a part of our family. And before we get into our conversation about the F word, we do realize that some of you don't know who we are and you are just relying on the strength of algorithms and Apple. Um, (laughs) And you've listened and we're so glad that you did. So we're gonna take just a brief moment to introduce ourselves and then we'll get into the conversation today. So let me start with my beloved friend and partner, Tara. What's good? Who are you? Who am I? My name is Tara, and I'm a mom. I have an adolescent son. We, we live in North Dallas, my husband, my son, and I. I'm a, a bank executive, and as some of our early listeners know, I'm an Enneagram 3. I call myself a recovering perfectionist and an aspiring Beyonce backup dancer. How about that? I love that. Yep. And I can't wait to see you dance. And I'm going to, we should do like a TikTok challenge. Oh, God. No, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. (laughs) I I mean, I love you guys. There's so far I will go. (laughs) There are some things we have just aged ourselves out of. True. True story. Yeah, absolutely. So what about you, Kanji? Tell us about you. So again, the name of this podcast is Motherhood in Black and White. And because it is an audio podcast, you may not realize this, but Tara is the white mom. And I am the black mom. My name is Kanji. I'm a black girl from the Bay. I was born and raised in the Bay Area, and I currently live just a few miles from Utera in North Texas, raising an adolescent son and also just hashtag trying to do the best I can. And we say that's our motto here is we are just doing the best we can doing this one day at a time. And for me, my desire is how I can live a full 
a fulfilling and a flawed life. And that's what drives me every single day. I'm an attorney. I work in the diversity and inclusion space. And I have found that to do this motherhood thing, it's hard because it's not a job, right? We realized this week a report came out and showed that over 4 million Americans have chosen to quit their jobs just in the last month. Mm -hmm. The great resignation. The great resignation Mm -hmm. of 2021. And so people are choosing to leave their jobs. People are choosing to move on. People are choosing better and choosing different. And why I say motherhood is not a job is because you can't quit. You cannot quit this job. <laughs> you cannot quit this job. It is forever. So we should, what was the expression? Someone's like, oh, parenting is the toughest job you'll ever do. And I'm like, it's not a job. <laughs> <laughs> the job has more freedom. I'm just saying. Anything has more freedom. <laughs> so freedom should be my first favorite F word. But as a parent, as a woman who is coming to terms with herself in this age, in this era, and we're both Gen Xers, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I think that in order to kind of resolve myself to live my best life now, I had to start to learn how to focus on the joy and focus on um, on forgiveness. Because I'm someone who holds on to pain and anger tighter than I hold on to a wig on a roller coaster ride, <laughs> you know? Right. And so I've like started this process of learning how to let go mm-hmm. and realizing that in order to exercise forgiveness with our children and how to teach that and model it, we have to learn how to, I think, first forgive our parents, mm-hmm. then forgive our partners, mm-hmm. then forgive ourselves, forgive ourselves, that's and right. then forgive our kids. So, so I would love, I've been talking a lot, unfortunately, and y- y'all who listen to me, family know that's kind of just what I do. You're so uh, good at it. You're good at it, too. Well, you're good at everything. Whatever. You really are. (laughs) But it's true. Just say thank you. Thank you. I love it. (laughs) You're welcome, Tara. So I would love to hear a story. Tell us about a time when you have forgiven someone in your life and and kind of how that felt. Mm, This one's going to get deep, I think. Well, I will say before I tell the story that for those of you who've been with us for a while, about this time last year, we had an episode about mommy wine culture. And I shared that I'm a recovering alcoholic and I've been in recovery for 20 years. And one of the big tenets of recovery is forgiveness. You have to sort of go through those old resentments and those old ideas and uh, let go of them and learn how to forgive those in your life. And one of the biggest stories I think that I think of the most is probably with my dad. And you know, we don't have time to tell this whole story. So I'll just say that when you're setting expectations, my dad didn't live up to, you know, the TV expectations I had or just the internal expectations I had of what a father should be. And, you know, I had to reconcile that and find a way to forgive him because I think like you sort of touched on, if we don't, resolve those relationships, it can hinder us in our current relationships. It can hinder us in our future relationships, including with our kids, including with our partners, including with our co I mean, just anybody, you know, if you're carrying these old resentments around. Mm -hmm. And I think with my dad, what I had to do is, and I think this kind of goes hand in hand with some of those old things that we have to sort out as adults. You have to sort of let go of the things that you didn't get that you wanted. You have to kind of accept that you're an adult now and those things that you wanted 
you know, you can be sad about the fact that you didn't get them, but you do sort of have to move on with your life in that way. And with my dad, I had to recognize that dad is a label that has its own expectations, right? right? That at the core of it, my father is a man who had a life before me and he had a life after me. And while we're connected in this way, he is just a person sort of out there living his own life. Well, I remember when I first got sober, one of my friends would say, God doesn't have any stepchildren, which means in my mind that we're all on the same level. So it's hard when you're a kid because your parent, you see them at a level above, but honestly, soul wise and human wise, we're all sort of walking in the same space. And so I had to kind of let go of him in that way and let go of those expectations tied to that label. And when I was able to do that and separate myself, I was able to forgive the man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? See him as a man out there with his own ideas and his own life and his own expectations. And when I kind of got that off of me, I was able to really let go and forgive him in a big way. Thank you for sharing that and for being so vulnerable and for for taking that time. And it, with you, I'm going to do this big whoosa. <laughs> <laughs> you, you raised some really interesting and poignant points about how it was to see your father as a child, right? Mm -hmm. And we talk about expectations and how we carry that through, how our children are kind of receiving from us as parents, mm -hmm. either what we did or didn't get as kids. So true. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for talking about it. Yeah. Um, if you've been listening to us for the last year podcast, family, you will realize that neither Tara and I talk about our dads much. No. Nope. And clearly we have them. Everyone, that's the human experience. <laughs> we all have parents. Yes. And quite interestingly, and this is a conversation for another day, but I just reconnected with my father after 40 years mm -hmm. um, and saw him for the first time about a month ago. Yeah. And again, I'm starting that process of forgiving him and realizing the things that you so eloquently just said are things that I'm experiencing as well. Yeah. And podcast family, you may be also. But I think in order for us to be full and present in the parenting experience, the very first thing we have to do is to kind of reconcile whatever our childhoods were before we can move on. Absolutely. Yeah. And those parental relationships they just look so differently once you become a parent. Oh my gosh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I think about how terrible I was as a child <laughs> <laughs> and how my mother loved me anyway. Right. Right. And so I look at my 12-year-old son throwing temper tantrums and, you know, thinking I'm mean mommy. I've been mean mommy since he was two, right? Like, I'm the person that puts up and holds the guardrails and I'm I'm just the mean one, mm. you know, and that's mm -hmm. kind of it. And that's my label. And dad is fun. Mom, you're mean. <laughs> and I'm okay with that, hoping that at the end of this journey, he gets to a point where he can look back and appreciate me in the way that I look back and appreciate my mom, because she was mean mom, right? When I was a child and I saw the things and, and things that I was doing and things in my life that I blamed her for, I'm fortunate that I've gotten to a point in adulthood where I have the time to kind of look back at that and have conversations with her and kind of reconcile that a little bit. But it's hard because at the end of getting to a point where we can exercise forgiveness, 
it's acceptance and understanding that, you know, a part of you could have been wrong. Oh, yeah, that's true. And not only could a part of you have been wrong, but you're going to have to let go of this idea that you're still going to get something that you didn't get. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, you, I think we hold on to these things because we think, well, if I just hold on long enough, I'll finally get that thing I was looking for. And maybe it turns out that wasn't the thing you needed. Yeah. And as we start to parent our kids through this and teach them forgiveness mm-hmm. and foster forgiveness, our children will begin to give and receive forgiveness. And they'll learn that kind of like we're learning now as adults, that they can't change the past, but they can absolutely shape the present and the future. Mm -hmm. But forgiveness is an act. It's something that you have to practice every single day. And the more that you practice it, the better you become at it, which is hard for someone like me who's like adamantly opposed to saying I'm ever wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. I do know you. (laughs) And you've met my mama. I have met your mama. And you know where I get it from. That's true. (laughs) I mean, we all, we are who we are. (laughs) But being wrong is okay. And I think that when we talk to our kids, and especially you and I, Tara, having adolescent boys, Mm -hmm. it is so good to get to a point where we have that human connection and our children can see us as flawed Mm -hmm. and we are okay with that. Right. You know, and they're okay with it. And I think that when I look back at my childhood, I saw my mom as a quote unquote, like a perfect person. Right. Yes. I saw her as a woman who did all of the things and kind of was a superwoman. Mm-hmm. That was the S on her chest. Right. Mm-hmm. But as I got older and I realized that she was just a flawed human, like yeah. all of us are. Yeah. I'm not opposed to showing those flaws to my kids right now. My, my kids. I say kids like I'm just including my partner in the conversation. <laughs> don't we all? You know, I'm just doing that because, <laughs> listen, don't we all sometimes include our partners? <laughs> yes, I call them my boys all the time. <laughs> <laughs> partner is a 55-year-old grown man, and I'm mm-hmm. calling him uh, uh, one of my kids. But, um, but doing this is a way of just recognizing that it's a first step into exercising forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So when we start to figure out, like, what can we do? One of the things that I have focused on and I would love to take a moment to talk about is how we address apologies Mm -hmm. and how we can kind of bring forgiveness into that. Yeah. I know I'm a pretty good apologizer. I struggle with my partner a little bit, but with my son, I'm pretty good about it. I've been taught in various ways that I don't always just say I'm sorry. I try to say I did this thing, I was wrong, I'm going to do better in the future, do you forgive me? I say that to Gage quite a bit, and he'll always say, yes, you know, I forgive you, and we kind of move on. I've tried to reiterate to him quite a bit. I just don't want him to think that anybody's perfect. I think that's where... I got in trouble with a lot of things because you put people on these pedestals and there's anything we know that people are fallible. And and I think it's important to know that. And so he knows his mom isn't perfect. He knows he's not perfect. And he knows that he's loved. Yeah. You know, that you don't have to be perfect to be loved. You're perfect and I love you no matter what. So we have those conversations quite a bit. When he makes a bad choice, I say, listen, people make bad choices when this is how we learn. Right. You know what I mean? You're a kid. This is how we learn things. So I try to I try to be as conscious as I can about 
letting him make those mistakes and know that he's okay. I love the way that you are modeling those apologies because it's so good. Like there is the apology. I'm sorry. There's the reason why you're apologizing. Mm -hmm. And then there's the explanation, right? Yeah. A couple of ways that you don't apologize. Mm -hmm. I think that we kind of can talk about that. The first is the conditional apology. Uh Listen, nothing makes me more upset than when somebody's like, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. (laughs) (laughs) The if word Mm -hmm. is the killer there. Mm. Because if anyone apologizes with the if word, mm-hmm. you don't really mean it. No. No. Because yeah. then you're putting it on the other person, right? right? It's yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry if um if you felt this way or if I'm sorry. You couldn't handle me. You couldn't <laughs> handle what I said. You couldn't handle the truth. <laughs> That's right. Like aging ourselves with these other references, right? <laughs> um, so so having a solid and a firm apology works. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about how we receive those apologies, a lot of times what I have done is I've said, nah, don't worry about it. You know, uh, forget about it. Yeah. Um, you know, my husband's an Italian American. So I say, forget about it. Mm-hmm. But you can't like that's not the appropriate response. I think what we teach our kids that what we should do better at is flexing that muscle where we start to say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Because and for the all of the reasons why you said Tara so yeah. beautifully. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important to teach that because people can get in just a habit of going, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. And not being conscious about what they're apologizing for. Mm-hmm. And then, and for me personally, it has taken a lot of practice to be able to sit across from a person and say, I was wrong when I did this. I'm going to do better. Do you forgive me? Like, that's a that's a vulnerable moment. And so I think it's important that we teach our kids or we teach our partners when I'm having this moment with you, please listen to me and acknowledge it for me because it just helps strengthen that. Right. Conversation. And, and we teach our people, yes. you know, um, one of the things that I've worked on and you and I know that in the space and we talk about advancing equity and a lot of the anti-racism and anti-bias work we do, it's very important when people are making assumptions Mm -hmm. and these apologies that we really start to pin down kind of why yeah the why behind incorrect statements or incorrect behaviors if they are rooted in bias so for example if um someone reads my name and then mispronounces it and it's like oh is that it's kanja i said no it's kanji Mm -hmm. and sometimes people say i'm sorry Mm -hmm. and what I historically have done would be, oh, no worries. Don't forget, forget about it, forget about it. And what I've learned to do is try to explain to people and say, like, I'm sorry for making a biased assumption or for, or for making an uncertain or an unexamined assumption about your name right. without asking you how to pronounce it. I'm or, sorry, I didn't ask you. I'm sorry, I didn't ask you. Right. right. And just creating these new pathways and these new types of behavior is such a way of us to start to move forward in our relationships with one another. Well, and I think there's something to it when you state the thing that you were wrong about. Because what I find is, if I do it enough, I quit doing that thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the point of a an apology or an amends or, you know, asking for forgiveness for something uh, for me, I tried, that is about me 
acknowledging a behavior I don't like and want and saying, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. And so if I just go, oh, sorry, and I move on, I don't take the time to go, what is it that I'm trying to not do here? That's so I don't want to keep saying I'm sorry. Right. Right. So how can we then teach our kids to adopt that behavior? Right. No, don't that's write. A great, that's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess the first thing I do is I model it. Okay. I'll tell you with Gage, I will say to him, why am I upset? And I make him explain it to me mm. when he's in trouble or there's something that we're arguing about or we're getting into and he knows I'm upset. I'll say, he'll go, I'm sorry. And I'll go, why? Why am I upset? And I make him tell me why I'm upset. Right. And then I make him explain to me how he could have done it differently so that I wouldn't be upset. So we do that. And I'm hoping that that's forming some of those neural pathways for him. Yeah. Like to recognize, like, don't just be sorry. Let's talk about what the behavior was and how you'll do it different. That's so good. And I think it's it's an age-appropriate response yeah. because Gage is 11. So yeah. that is something that he can understand. And he's at the point where he can start changing those behaviors. Right. You know, when we have younger kids, mm-hmm. it's a different conversation. Right. But also, I think it was a lot easier for, well, it was for me. I can't, I'm not going to speak for you, but it was a lot easier for me to forgive the behavior of my younger child, like a toddler or infant, because I was like, oh, he doesn't know better. But it was just something that we did. Like, I, I can easily and readily forgive the behavior of my cat and my infant and smaller child right. than I can of my partner or my adolescent kid. Because I think I'm like, they should know better. Right. Even if it's an accident. Yes, right. Yes. Like, um, so last year when Roman was taking bassoon mm-hmm. lessons and he had returned to school, he has this big bassoon case <laughs> and he's going out to the car and we had just paid the car off. Right. Uh-huh. And he's walking up to the car and he wasn't paying attention to what he was doing. And he just took the bassoon cases. He was walking towards the passenger side of the car. Mm-hmm. And then as he walked towards the back seat, and the entire time just scratched the paint oh, on the side of my God. car. And I know it was an accident. Of course. Of course it was. Yeah. I was furious for weeks. Mm. And having these conversations right now, and, and I should have let it go. And he apologized. He's like, I'm oh, sorry, mom. And I was like, oh, just don't worry about it. But what I should have done, and I think having this conversation with you right now has helped me to understand and realize more appropriately, like, what was I angry about? Was yeah. I angry or upset that he wasn't paying attention to what he was doing? It was more so that than the fact that he, he scratched the car. He scratched the car. That's you know, right. It was just a car. But it was like a lack of attention to what he was doing and what that kind of looks like in the bigger picture, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you're just not paying attention when you're walking – and that concern, right? Like if you're not paying, if your head's down, you're not paying attention when you're walking in the garage. Right. What are you going to do when you're crossing the street? Same. Right? We've had that conversation so many times with Gage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and understanding like kind of in our minds, we still start and continue to like hyper parent in everything we do and yeah. we extrapolate and take things to the next level. But sometimes it is just staying really focused on what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Kind of like puppies, right? When mm-hmm. you're potty training a puppy, you can't. Correct, correct that behavior yeah. after it's happened. Right. 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 I think that puppies and adolescents kind of have memories like goldfish. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's so true. You, know. you have to do it right then. And if you don't know the goldfish reference, please watch Ted Lasso, one of our favorite shows on Apple TV that we talked about during our pop culture picks, our favorite pop culture picks a couple of episodes ago. That's right. That was last week. So 
for all the new listeners, we publish new episodes every week and we would love to have you along. We have so much planned for you. Make sure you hit follow on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you're on Apple, we'd love to see some ratings and reviews from you. Come engage with us and tell us how you like the show. And if you're on Apple and you happen to have Apple TV, we would love for you to watch Ted Lasso and let us know what your favorite character was and what you thought of the season two season finale. We're not going to ruin it. We're not going to talk about that here. But I have some big feelings, (laughs) big feelings about that. I think that as we wrap up this conversation about forgiveness, again, we can talk about what it means to forgive ourselves and how that makes us better parents Mm -hmm. when we do, how it makes us better people when we do how it makes us better partners when we do. Um, If you were going to give someone advice and you've given such great gems today, what would you say like, like why is it important for people to to forgive? Why, why, why would you want Gage to know? Like if he said, mommy, why do I need to forgive someone? (laughs) My best advice on that is that holding resentments or, holding people to expectations that they can't meet only disrupts your own peace. It doesn't affect that person at all. So me walking around having resentments against, you know, my dad or my partner or whomever it is, and just stewing in that, they're walking around living their life without any idea. It does zero good. It only hurts me. Right. And so honestly, I think at the bottom of it, Forgiveness can be a very, maybe the core of true self-care, you know, just letting go of those things that disrupt your own joy, disrupt your own peace. And forgiving yourself is at the top of the list. If you if you struggle with forgiving yourself, I, I know for me, I tend to have trouble forgiving others as well. It all has to sort of start with me. Yeah. Why? Forgiveness is so important. Kind of leads me to uh, my favorite P word. Oh, no. gosh. You know, I'm not going to go there with. <laughs> I know our ratings I are think, And I G. think we understand now who the potty mouth in this relationship <laughs> is because I jump right to the bad ones. <laughs> well, remember, we don't call them bad words. We just call them adult, adult words. words. That's right. That's right. And, well, we say that to our kids. But understanding that this is a family friendly podcast, mm-hmm. my P word is going to be obviously appropriate and g-rated but (laughs) the reason that forgiveness is so important is what you said it just gives you peace Mm. and that's kind of where we're looking for i know i am in this second half of my life i'm in the second act i put on some some stuff in the first act the first 40 something years of my life and now at this stage as i'm taking the stage for act two I just want like peace. Mm -hmm. I want that stability. I want to start making an impact in the world in which I live and to do good and be better, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to do that if I hold on to anything that is causing me stress or strife or negativity. And I'm not going to show up in my child's life the way that I know I can and the way that I know I should. Yeah, that's spot on. I think that when you don't, allow for that type of forgiveness, you're just keeping yourself tied to those old stories, those old places, those old ideas. It's so important to move into the future light and free. And it is never too late to rewrite your story, to write your own history and start and chart a new path forward. But to do so, you gotta use that B word. 
Oh my I know. I know. <laughs> She's just going to keep doing it. You keep setting me up. <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing it. This is the last one. But you got to be brave. Yeah. We all kind of step into our truth and just are brave in doing so. So um, again, we started this podcast family a year ago, kind of on a whim. And we were in the middle of a pandemic and didn't really know what we we're doing. We still don't. No. Mm-mm. Listen, don't get this wrong. Top 50 featured on Apple. We're still just us doing the best we can. <laughs> and just listening to old school hip hop. Oh, so last week, my kid had, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, time still amorphous concept 2021, mm-hmm. just like it was in 2020. But he was like, Mom, I'm listening to this new old Kanye song, Stronger. <laughs> I was like new old Kanye. I was like, let's put that on, and and I'm just gonna show you how Mama can rap every lyric to the Kanye song. And you know, I played that all. I used to be your spin instructor. You, yes. So I was an indoor fitness instructor, and that's how Tara and I met. Mm-hmm. She was one of my cycling students, and you know, that's like the fitness instructor's song. Oh, anthem. It's, it's on there at least once a week. Right. So I had to play it for him. I was like, what song do you like more? This one, and then I played "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. Yeah. He didn't like it. What? I know. I had to throw him out my car. What? Yes. Something's wrong with your kid. I don't know which. That's bad parenting right there. Something's wrong with him. I know. (laughs) Parenting fail. My bad. (laughs) Don't worry, podcast family. I will endeavor to do better. And we will endeavor every single week to bring the best that we have to this conversation and to bring it to you. And like Tara said, please reach out, connect with us on our Instagram. We would love to hear um, any questions you have. We would love for you just to let us know where you're calling and listening from and something about your families and your parenting journey. Because all of this is us realizing that we're all in this together and we are all just hashtag doing the best we can doing the best we can so with that being said we will be back next week with another new episode same time same place take good care podcast family